Hello and welcome to episode 47 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Now, summer doesn't officially kick off until June 20th, but by this point, the vast majority of you should be done with the spring semester. And since the summer is usually a little less hectic, I'd like to propose you join me in the Summer Self-Care Challenge. What's that about? Stay tuned and find out. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. So here's a question for you. The spring semester. Would you say it was stressful? How did you feel during the spring semester? Frazzled? Overwhelmed? stressed, exhausted? If so, then I would suggest you need some more self-care in your life. And I know that self-care is this touchy topic, and maybe touchy is not the right word, but we've been talking about self-care, and by we, I mean just in general, oh, we should do more self-care. And then on the other side of the coin, you have people saying, well, I'm really tired of HR, of administration, saying, oh, are you guys stressed? Well, why don't you try some self-care? And I agree that that is lame, that we need to change some major systems to make things better for everyone overall. But you can't control what administrators or what HR does can control, and maybe not control, but you can manage yourself and you can make choices to better take care of yourself. And that's not HR's responsibility. Maybe it should be, but that's not their primary task. That's not the administrator's primary task. Your primary task should be to make sure that you're taking adequate care of yourself. So that's what I want to talk about. So again, like, you know, I know some departments really, you know, like, oh, it's summer orientation. Why on earth would you say that things are a little calmer now? I know there's some people that summer is when they really kick it. And for you, while you are more busy, I would argue that this self-care challenge is even more important for you. So why am I suggesting this other than the obvious? What's involved? So we've talked about on other episodes how much stress can really negatively impact us, our well-being overall, physically, mentally, emotionally, all the things. And Even when we're thinking about this huge to-do list we have and trying to be productive, when we are caught in fight or flight, so constantly in the stress response, we cannot be productive. We simply can't. I mean, we can do stuff, but we're not being creative. We are using a lot of energy to accomplish very little, and it's really not getting us where we need to go. So in order to break the cycle, 
we have to take better care of ourselves and we have to get out of fight or flight. And that's where self-care comes in. And again, I just really, I really want to emphasize that there are a lot of systems in education, in higher ed, at everyone's institutions that should change to make things more effective, to make things better for us so that we can do our jobs well. But as much as we focus on being empowered, we can't control a lot of those things. So instead, we have to look at the choices that we make on a day-to-day basis. And when we're so overwhelmed with stress, like some of the episodes we've talked about before, we hyper-focus on problems, our cortisol levels, our adrenaline levels go up, and all of those things make us hypersensitive and focused on time. It's very energy inefficient in that we're using a lot of energy to do all these things, but not in effective ways. So what can we do? How can we take advantage of this, again, slightly more downtime for a lot of us? We probably have finally taken a break. I think I said this on one of the other episodes, but I heard a lot of people tell me in the spring semester, I'm just trying to survive this semester. So you did it. Here we are. Let's do something positive. Let's start some new habits that will help us not just this summer, but in the fall semester. Because yay, COVID seems to be breaking up, going away. I don't know. Things seem to be kind of going back to normal. And that's good, except that now we're used to COVID life and going back to normal seems stressful because we've adapted to this weird, masked, no-touching way of life. And now, oh, you want me to go to a place? So I have to get out of bed and shower and drive to there? And then when I see someone, they might be wearing a mask, but they might not. But they might want me to wear a mask. And so a lot of a lot of potential stressors there. So let's put some stuff in place that we can fall back on to keep ourselves refreshed, keep ourselves energized, and keep us out of the fight or flight response as much as possible so we can be more creative, so we can more effectively solve problems, and we can be healthy. We can bring our best to our students, to our staff, to our families, everyone. Okay, so I don't know how much self-care you currently engage in, but I can almost guarantee for every person listening, you can do more. Go big or go home. But you don't, that, I'm not, I'm just kidding, actually. Um, you don't have to go big. Like we've talked about in other episodes, like, oh, well, I can't just get a massage every week or I don't have time to necessarily go to the gym every day. You don't have to. This challenge actually involves just starting a new habit. And starting new habits, which last week we talked about how the brain really works, not how we think it works, but how it really works. When we establish a new habit, we have to get it into our subconscious mind so it can become our autopilot setting. So we're really actually thinking of a small change, a small new thing, new behavior that we're adapting to or we're adding on to get us to a place so we are taking better care of ourselves. So first of all, I want you to think about what is some sort of self-care thing that you've been meaning to do? And again, I'm not talking about it getting a massage every week or every month. I'm not necessarily talking about going to the gym every day, but I'm quite certain 
in your mind, there is some, oh, I've really been meaning to blank. Maybe it's, I've been meaning to actually eat lunch. Like, stop what I'm doing, get my food out, eat it not while I'm still working or on the way to another meeting, but actually have a lunch. Or maybe it's, you know, this meditation thing. What's that about? There's all these apps. People are doing it everywhere. I've been meaning to do that. There is something on your list that you've been meaning to do. And maybe it is workout. And that's okay. But we're going to pick something small to start with. Because if you've listened to the episodes and habits, or if you know anything about habits, you have to start small because you can always improve habits. But when you go big or go home, your brain's like, oh, man, that no, no, bro, that's too much change. We don't do that. We're not the type of person who does that. So no thanks. So we're really talking about a commitment of two minutes a day. And all of you can find two minutes a day. It's there as long as you're committed to doing it. And again, that's a super small period of time. Oh, are you saying, Anne, that we will be super healthy and awesome and make all these better decisions for just two minutes a day? No, but that is how you start because after you've done this a while, and of course, like resources vary, like how long does it take to make a habit stick? Is it 21 days? Is it 60 days? Is it 90 days? Let's not worry about that. Let's just, for two minutes a day, do this thing. And after a while, you're just going to naturally do more of it. Because, hey, if I'm doing meditation for two minutes, oh my gosh, on this app, there's a five-minute meditation now that I'm used to it. Because again, you got to get the brain used to it. It has to be your default setting to, oh, right after lunch, I go for a walk. Or at lunchtime, I eat lunch. And even if it starts as I'm just going, like I do have one coaching client who really doesn't eat lunch. So even if it starts with, for two minutes, I'm going to do nothing but eat lunch. And I know it seems silly, but it's how our brain works. It's how you establish a new pattern, pattern, aka habit. So eventually, you're going to actually have lunch. You're going to get to eat lunch, but you have to start small. Okay, step one, pick your thing. Don't go big or go home. If you have something that is fairly large, I I don't want to be discouraging, but if you have something that is obviously going to be way more than two minutes, like I really do want to go to the gym every day and work out for an hour. Okay, let's look at how we can break that down into something that is two minutes. So maybe it's I'm going to pack my gym clothes and get them ready the night before so I can go to the gym before I go to work. Or I'll have them in my car so on the drive home, I stop by there. Or maybe it's on my way home, I literally just drive to the gym. I don't have to get out, don't have to go work out. And again, I know to some of you, maybe all of you, that's like, so you want me to like drive to the gym but don't like go to the gym? What's up with that bra? Yes, I do want you to do that because you're just getting yourself used to going to the gym because otherwise it's way too easy to you're on your way home and you're like, oh, the gym's like totally a mile that way. Ugh, I'm too tired. So all you have to do is go to the gym and you're like, well, I'm super tired. But Anne said, all I have to do is go to the gym, pull into a parking space, wait two minutes and go home. That's all I got to do. I can do that. So then all of a sudden, you know, two weeks in, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go into the gym now. 
So you're basically conditioning your brain. You're getting your brain ready to make this your autopilot setting. And pre-COVID, I would go to the gym three times a week. It was my autopilot setting. Like I just knew Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would get up, pack my gym bag, go to the gym. After the gym, I would go to the London Tea Room for a little while to do work. And then I would go home. That was my habit. That was my system. And of course, COVID, as with all of us, threw a lot of that off. But all you have to do is develop a system. But you have to start small. That's how the brain works. Remember, the brain doesn't like change. So I'm just literally going to go to the gym every day or I'm going to go to lunch for an hour every day. Your brain's going to flip out. You're going to get so anxious about it. You're not going to be able to handle it. And, and I mean this in the nicest way, like not like there's anything wrong with you, but for real, your brain will reject the idea because it's not aligned with your identity at this point. And the point is, as you slowly build in this habit, then part of your identity is, oh, I'm the type of person who goes to the gym. And then, you know, in this example, you literally just drive to the gym. But then it's really easy to become the person who not only do I drive to the gym, but I go into the gym. And then I drive to the gym, go into the gym, and I ride the bike for five minutes. And if you have ever wanted to change your behavior, change what you do for the better, like you've assessed that this isn't working, I want to do something else, and you've had these big go big or go home dreams, you're going to do it New Year's resolution style, and after two weeks you're done, it's a way better investment, two minutes a day, for three months, four months, and then all of a sudden, for the rest of the year, you're doing the thing that you want. Versus, I'm going to show everybody, I'm going to go big or go home. And then a week later, you didn't do it. And you feel terrible about yourself. So let's work with how our brain works, like we talked about last time, and establish this new self-care habit. Because self-care is key, because we have to break the stress response, the fight or flight, in order to be more creative, in order to problem solve effectively, in order to have better communication, in order to have better relationships with people. There's so many benefits that you can't get when you're stuck in the stress response because when you're in the stress response, the only thing that your body and your mind is worried about is survival. So that shuts down any potential for growth. So step one, what's your thing? Break it down into something you can do for two minutes. Next, we're gonna talk about an implementation intention. And I don't remember if I've specifically talked about this in other episodes, but basically, there's been a lot of research that if you create an implementation intention, and so your intention to do something, start, in this case, a new self-care habit, and specifically the verbiage for this is, for the next month, I will engage in blank, so whatever self-care thing you are going to do, so, and it doesn't have to be the word engage, like, let's do lunch. For the next month, I will spend two minutes a day eating lunch at this time, fill in the blank, in this place, fill in the blank, and using this method. Now, the method for lunch could be I'm bringing my own lunch, I'm going to the cafeteria, I'm going to Starbucks, whatever it is. But the idea here is that, A, it's, it's really focusing your attention on the fact that I'm going to do this. So it goes to the commitment to this process. But secondarily, it's also breaking down exactly what this looks like 
for your brain, the brain that doesn't like to expend any extra energy and definitely doesn't want things to change. Because if you don't break these things down, then what happens is it's lunchtime. And oh, I'm doing this thing where I said I was going to have more self-care and I'm going to be eating lunch. What does that even look like? So you have to use all this energy to figure out, well, where am I getting this lunch? Am I allowed to, do I have to eat with someone else? Can I eat by myself? Can I eat in my office and just not do work? Is it okay to look at emails while I do it? Like you have to set the parameters so that it's so easy. Even your brain that doesn't want to expend any energy is willing to like, all right, well, it's different, but you've laid it all out for me, so I will do it. You're really dumbing it down for your brain and again, setting the intention, the commitment that you are going to do it. And there is a saying that I have heard that I found really helpful for things like this. Being 100% committed is easy. Being 99% committed is hard. What does that mean? If you're 100% committed, you're just doing it every day. Makes it really simple. There's no thinking involved. You've made the implementation intention, so you've outlined exactly what that's going to look like. It's just a matter of doing it. If you're 99% committed, then every day at lunch, you have to go, is today the day that I'm going to, mm, I have this other thing that I was going to do. Oh, I really want to work on the project. So I guess not. You're using all this extra energy to even decide if today is the day you're going to do the thing. So it is actually less work to just do it. And again, we're talking about two minutes a day. You can absolutely do that. Your brain can absolutely do that. So if lunch is your goal, and again, starting with two minutes for the next month, I will eat lunch without doing any work. At 12 o'clock, I will eat at my desk with the computer turned off and listening to my favorite music for two minutes every day. Crystal clear what you're going to do. Let's do one for meditation. For the next month, I will do a meditation for at least two minutes each day at two o'clock in my office using the Calm app. Again, crystal clear, no question about what you're going to do, what it's going to look like. Very easy for your brain. Very easy to do. And honestly, that is it. That's how you start a new habit. And again, I'm suggesting, encouraging, pleading with you to take this time during the summer, even if you are still busy, take those two minutes to start establishing more self-care in your life because the only person who ultimately cares about and is responsible for your well-being is you. And if you're waiting for other people to do it for you, they're absolutely not going to. So that is my challenge to you. One thing, create an implementation intention and commit 100% to doing it for the next month. And then after that month is up, keep doing it. Expand it. Make it for five minutes. Instead of just driving to the gym or instead of just packing your bags, you're putting on the clothes. You're going into the gym. You're slowly expanding it to get your mind used to it. And eventually, that's just going to be your automatic pilot setting. So when your subconscious is running the show, which if you remember from last time is like all the time, you're still going to the gym, you're still eating lunch, you're still meditating. So that is my challenge to you. Until next week, stay strong. 
Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.